0: Amen, God is good, God is good, sorry As the children are leaving, we can turn to our Bibles Jeremiah, Prophet Jeremiah, we're going to read a few portions of scripture there Jeremiah 18, yes If you're new here, we have creche for for children age 0 up to 3 um, and Sunday school from 4 up to 11. It's a blessing. They're having revival up there, I hear. They're telling me we need to extend the building upstairs, amen, <laughs> because the children are multiplying all right now. Amen. Jeremiah 18, um, i read a couple of scriptures. You know, the building that we're in right now, the building we have, um, our church building, um, some of you may or may not know that this was actually an old snooker club. Um, if you're from Hull, um, this was a, a, I don't know how long it was there for, but it was a snooker club. I remember uh, speaking to a man who's born and raised from Hull. He heard my accent, realized I'm not from Hull, and, you know, we got talking, what am I doing here, and so on. So I told him we're here, you know, we've got a church here, we're, uh, we've come over, and he said, okay, where's the church? I told him where the church is. He says, oh, the old snooker hole. Um, and he says he walked past the other day and he saw the name, uh, the potter's house. And he says, uh, oh, it's a clever link. And I, 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 I was slow at that day. I don't know what it was. Maybe I didn't have my Weetabix that day. I didn't know what he was talking about. I was like, where's what link? <laughs> what link are you talking about right here? I don't, I don't see the link. And he says, the potter's house, right? It used to be a snooker club. They pot in snooker. It's the potter's house. I was like, oh, <laughs> completely over my head <laughs> and completely over some of your heads as well right because you didn't know what I was talking about the potter's house well i found it funny when he said that because that's not the link for the name the potter's house that's not the reason uh, why we call the church the potter's house uh, and of course we're going to look at that today and i want to uh, preach a sermon of entitled uh, the potter's house nice and simple and we're going to read from jeremiah 18 and we're going to have a look uh, uh, what God said to this great prophet here. So Jeremiah 18, uh, verse number one, read with me. The Bible says, uh, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house. Come on now. And there I will cause you to hear my words. And I went down to the potter's house, and there he was making something at the will. Uh, and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel and it seemed good to the potter to make. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord. Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, uh, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. The potter's house. I want to look at three points, three uh, points. Revelations that Jeremiah got here first is the potter's house, second is the potter himself, and then third is the potter's work. So let's look firstly at the potter's house. You see, the context here is the prophet Jeremiah. Now, in the days of the children of Israel, they had kings that ruled over them, and prophets would receive words from God to declare. And oftentimes, it was to declare because the children of Israel had gone astray. They had left their first love, they had served idols, they had done the wrong thing. So, oftentimes, God would speak to prophets, and the prophet would declare the word of the Lord. And Jeremiah was one of the prophets. We call him a major prophet or one of the major prophets and God was speaking through Jeremiah to a rebellious people, to a people that have turned away from God, the children of Israel. Jeremiah was there. They called him the weeping prophet. He was the one that said his word was in my heart like a burning fire. Shut up in my bones. He was passionate about the Word of God. And here we see in our text, uh, you know, we see that he is receiving a word or a revelation from God once again. And we see it's interesting. You see, one of the things I find interesting about this text is because when we look at theology, all of you theology students out there, you understand that God is described or there's three descriptions about God that start with omni- Omni, or God is omnipotent. In other words, he's all powerful, has all the power, all the might that you can think of. God is also omniscient. We know that to be all knowing. He knows all things. Nothing takes him by surprise. But the third one is interesting and is omnipresent. And we understand that to be God is everywhere at the same time. So what I find interesting about that is that um, we can specifically look at that God is everywhere at the same time. But oftentimes, revelation or direction or even provision is based on location. I'll say that again. God is everywhere at the same time. He's here in this country. He's here in other countries. He's here in my house. He's here in your house. But many times God will cause people to get revelation or understanding or provision in a certain location. Verse number two, he says, arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will cause you to hear my word. There is location attached to it. God is saying to Jeremiah, I want you to go somewhere because it's only as you go to the potter's house you're going to see things that you're not going to see elsewhere. It is that location that you're going to get the revelation of God. There are lessons to be learned at the potter's house. I want you to rise up and go to the potter's house. It is vitally important for people to grasp the understanding that there is revelation to be found at the potter's house that won't be found anywhere else. There's revelation to be found where God has called people to go. And we understand, without jumping ahead in my sermon, we understand the potter's house is talking about God's house. God identifies himself as the potter. So when we're talking about God's house, of course, we're talking about his house. We're talking about the church. We're talking about the gathering together of the saints. God is saying some people need to get the revelation that you're only going to get an understanding of, of life or an understanding of things or an understanding of how to love people when you go down you arise and go down to the potter's house you know psalms 122 verse number one the psalmist write i was glad when they said to me let us go into the house of the lord there's something about going into the house of the Lord. There's something about congregating in the house of the Lord. We have to understand that there is a special kind of revelation we can get from his house, from the potter's house. And I want to kind of allude to you or kind of point out something. It's a bit of a distant memory right now. But one of the weirdest things that ever happened in my lifetime. And dare I say, even in your lifetime as well, one of the weirdest things that ever happened was COVID. Now, I know we're going about our life and we're going about things and so on, but you know, it's becoming a distant memory. Huh? But I will never forget that because many, many weird things happened that I've never seen before. In an instant, we just gave up our freedom. In an instant, you know, we go to the shops. We're not allowed to buy certain things. We have to limit certain things. It was it was really really crazy. And 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 a side note, dare I say, it, is a pathway to see. You can see how how the the end times are going to end up. You can see how we can just uh, galvanize and get into a weird situation. So now there's one government, there's one currency, and all sorts of things, just like the Bible says in Revelations. But anyway, coming back to COVID, amongst the many weird things that happened. One of the weird things that happened was they didn't allow people to go to church. We couldn't go to church. And to this day, it has had an odd side effect to where now people say that church has become an optional thing. Uh, It is optional. Listen, if I've got time, when I can make it, when the sun is out, it's not raining, it's not cold... I've had my breakfast, then I might turn up um, to church. I've heard people say, listen, I can have church in my bed. And you know, listen, technology is great and so on, live stream and so on is great, it's fantastic. So, But people got used to kind of that kind of uh, way of thinking and now we're live streaming in our pajamas. Listen, people said, I don't need to go anywhere because God is everywhere. But in our text, Jeremiah was told, he was instructed, I want you to go to the potter's house because I want to reveal my word to you there in that house. Listen, Jeremiah could have said, well, why can't you speak to me right here, right now? You're speaking to me right now. You're telling me to do something. He says, "Noah, I need you to go to a specific location. I need you to mingle with specific people. I need you to see and be exper- and experience a life from a perspective where we're gathered together." Listen, sometimes God requires obedience over convenience. Isn't it? would be more convenient if we could all just stay at home, flip a switch, and we can just watch. I'm at home. You guys are at home. You know what I mean? It's convenient. The fridge is there. I can, I can stay in my bed. Can, that's convenient. But many times when you look through the word of God, he requires obedience over convenience. Look at Elijah. 1 Kings 17, 2 to 4. We understand there was a famine in, a la- in, in, in the land at the time. And here it says here in verse number 2 in 1 Kings 17, it says, Then the word of the, word of the Lord came to him saying get away from here and turn eastwards and hide by the brook Cherith which flows into the Jordan and it will be that you shall drink from the brook and I have commanded the ravens to feed you where? there God is saying, listen, I need you to obey what I'm doing. God could have easily provided for him where he was, but he says, I need you to obey me right now. Listen, where you are, I need you to follow a location. I'm asking you to do something and location is important because if Elijah had went anywhere else, he would not have been fed. Come on now. If he'd gone anywhere else, if he finds some some someone's house or something like that at that particular time, he would not have been fed. God said, "I want you to go to this location, and it's there I'm going to feed you. It's there you're going to get revelation. It's there you're going to get to the nutrients in order to grow." Yes, there's famine all all around us, but if you go to that location, I'm going to provide for you. We see it later on in the chapter, verse number eight and verse number nine. Again, it says, "Then the." Word of the Lord came to him, saying, "Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you." We understand this thing about location. God wants us to go to a specific location because on location, that's where we're going to get revelation. That's where we're going to get direction. That's where we're going to get provision. We don't know how far Jeremiah had to travel to go to the potter's house. We're not told. We don't know the terrain he had to kind of go through to get to the potter's house. But he had to obey and indeed he obeyed and received the word of God. Many times we we look upon those type of things and think, listen, I don't have to go. God is everywhere. I find it interesting in Hebrews 10, verse number 24. Bible says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. And it says here, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. As we see the day of Jesus Christ return, we should be zealous for his house. As we see Jesus Christ coming, one day he's going to step on the Mounts of Olives. We should be zealous to go, or zealous to go to the potter's house and see what we can reveal, or see what he can reveal to us and see what he would say to us. It was there God said, I will make my word, or make you to hear my word, cause you to hear my word. There is a certain dynamic about coming together as God's people, and listening to the word of God, the spirit of God can move when we come in his presence. The spirit of God can minister when we're assembled together. We don't want to forget the day of Pentecost when they assembled together in the upper room. And it was then in that assembly did the Holy Spirit come like a flame, like a mighty rushing wind right there and landed. The flames of tongues upon each and every one of them, it was in their assembly. The church is God's idea. This isn't drawn up or or found up by men or anything. It's God's idea. Jesus Christ found it so important that the Bible said he gave his life for the church. He is the head and we are the body. We're talking about the potter's house. The potter's house being the church. I want to look secondly then with you at the potter himself. Now, the potter himself, here we see the principle of ownership. Who owns the house? You see, in the text, it says the potter's house. There's an apostrophe S there. We understand when you put the apostrophe in, we understand we're talking about the owner. It is the potter's house. It's not the pastor's house. Come on now. It is the potter's house. The potter we understand to be God, the father. When we go down to the potter's house, we are subject to the potter. When we go down to his house, Listen, he makes the rules, he calls the shots. He said to Jeremiah, I'll cause you to hear my words. Sometimes we go to the house of the Lord, we come to the house of the Lord and we treat it as if it's our house. As if we're the owners, as if we can do and say and act however we want. This is the potter's house. Listen, I love, I love hospitality. God bless you. Listen, I have people around my house. If you have me around your house, it's a blessing. I love hospitality. But when you when you go to somebody's house, come on now, there's certain things eh, that you can't just do as if you own the place. Listen, you can come to my house. God bless you, and hopefully I'll invite as many of you as you come as we go and stuff like that. But if you come to my house, I don't expect you just to come into my house, just walk straight to my kitchen, open my fridge, start eating stuff out of my, my fridge and so on, go sleep in my bed, go take a shower. Hey, Listen. I love you, right? I love you all. But that's my house, man. Listen, you can come. When we come, we enter into the house of the Lord. Sometimes we come in here all shopping. Sometimes we come. I, listen, time, time to worship God. Let's raise our hands. We worship God not just because we feel good. We worship God because he's worth the praise. Come on now. In other words, we come. If you're having a good day, you worship God. You come, you're having a bad day, you worship God. Come on now, because we're in the potter's house. And when we come to the potter's house, we are subject to the potter. He's the one that's in charge. He's one that calls the shots. The correct response when we come into the house of the Lord is God. What is it you want me to do? On the road that was called Straight, the road of, to Damascus, Paul got an encounter with Jesus Christ, supernatural encounter with Jesus Christ. A, a bright light shone him. it was stopped there and his response is, Lord, what do you want me to do? That's the response we have. Many times we come in to the house of the Lord and we have this checklist of things. God, this is what I want you to do. I need you to do this. I need you to do this. I need, now listen, don't get me wrong, we, we, we can petition God, but we have to say the, 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 our heart should be God. What is it you want me to do? Where is it you want me to go? We should be saying, God, you are the potter. You are the one that calls the shots. I love it in Isaiah 45, and this is the New Living Translation I'm reading from. It says in verse number 9, it says, What sorrow awaits those who argue with their Creator? Does a clay pot argue with its maker? Does the clay dispute with the one who shapes it, saying, stop, you're doing it wrong? Does the pot exclaim, how clumsy can you be? How we as human beings can come and, and start to call shots and saying, God, you should have done it this way. God, you should have done it that way. Um, uh, a funny story, uh, I, I heard that a man was complaining about the creation and talking about uh, the oak tree. How the oak tree is so big and so wide and so tall, but has these tiny little acorns. And then you see the watermelon vine, so slim and slender, but has to carry these massive and big watermelons. He says, why didn't God put the watermelons on the oak? tree because it's so strong to hold it and in and this little vine then he can hold the acorns and and about that time he said that he was standing underneath an uh, an oak tree and an acorn fallen dropped in his head and he looked he said thank god that wasn't a watermelon (laughs) because god knows what he's doing come on now the potter knows what he's doing the potter knows how to do his job that's why it's called the potter's house come on now There's ownership involved. God owns. God rules. God knows how to run his business. Sometimes we're in the business of telling God how to run his business. (laughs) I thank God that I'm not God. (laughs) Come on now. I thank God you ain't God either. Come on now. There's many times. I'll be honest. Can I be honest with you this morning? There's many times I'm going through things. Many times I'm like... This pridefulness, pridefulness comes in and say, God, if I had, if I was Almighty, I would have done this a little bit different. <laughs> Come on, you, you're going through things. Like, Why did I have to go through that? Couldn't I have just done this way? Wouldn't it be easier if i had this? Or I'd have done this? And then it's only when you go through that and you look back at your life, you say, Oh, Thank God it went that way. Because if it went that way, if I'd have married that person, I don't know where I'd be today. Come on now. If I'd have gone through with that thing, I don't know what would have happened. If I'd gone to that place, if I'd gone to that party, if I'd given that loan, hey, thank God I didn't get that job. Come on now. Sometimes we think we know better than a potter, but we have to remember whose house this is. Can you say amen in this place? I want to look thirdly with you and I want to kind of linger here a little bit so we've talked about the potter's house we've talked about the potter I want to talk about the potter's work you see in verse number three of our text the bible says I went down to the potter's house and there he was making something at the wheel you see we get the picture of God always at work When we come to the potter's house, we get the revelation that God is at work. He is always doing something. He is always working. He is always fashioning. We have to understand that as we come to the potter's house. Isaiah again, great prophet 64 and verse number 8. The Bible says, but now, O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. And all uh, uh, and all we are the work of your hand. We have to understand the work that God is doing in His house. There's a song that we sing. It's called Something Beautiful. You know, something Beautiful. You heard that song before? The lyric saying, "Something beautiful, something good. All of my confusion, He understood. All I had to offer Him was brokenness and strife." But Jesus made something beautiful out of my life. See, the picture of the potter is that the potter would take clay. Clay is so common. It's just you can dig a little bit and you'll find clay. Clay is just, it's it's good for nothing on its own. Clay is just this, it's mire, it's like mud, like dirt. And the, the, the picture of the potter is that he would take that clay and he would put it on his wheel and he'll take something that's good for nothing and then shape it and make it into something that is beautiful. Can you say amen in his place? God can take your life as clay, put it on the wheel and he can form and fashion it to where you was just a lump. <laughs> Come on now. You was just a lump. But now you're a vessel to hold anointing oil. Can you say amen? Now you're a vessel to hold refreshing liquid. Now you're a vessel to hold secret spices and aloes and myrrhs. Now you're a vessel to hold treasures. Because he's able to take something oh, that was messed up. Something that was marred. And put it on and make something beautiful. The clay, the Bible says, look at the clay in the potter's hand so are you in my hand that's what God says I love it because we need to understand look at Philippians 3 and verse number 20 verse number 21 it says for our citizenship is in heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the saviour the Lord Jesus Christ who will transform. Form our lowly body, and that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Those two words there, transform and conform. We need to understand the power of that because if you've ever seen, now when I was preparing this sermon, I actually did some research. I was looking at the potter's hat or a potter, I was looking how they form things. I don't know if you've ever seen it before. They get the, the, the clay and they put it on the wheel and they spin the wheel. But when they form things, you see how they do it. When they start off, they start with pressure. They put the pressure down and you see sometimes they get their thumb and they stick it right in the middle. They push it down and they pull it open. They're pulling. They're squeezing. Sometimes they're scraping as it's going round. So sometimes you may be feeling the pressure. You may be feeling this is pulling. This is hurting. I'm spinning around. But can I tell you the potter is working. He's transforming. He's conforming you to what he wants you to be. So you may be thinking, God, there's too much pressure there. But he's, the potter, he knows what he's making. He's pushing around. He's saying, yes, I'm going to stick my thumb in there just to widen it open and he can conform you. And when he's finished, come on, you will be something beautiful. When he's finished with your life, you will be a vessel that treasure can be held in. Listen, don't say to God, what are you making? He's the potter. Leave that to him. That's his job. He knows how to run his business. All you've got to do is yield to the potter. Yields to the potter. See, because in our, in our text, it says that the clay became marred in his hands. In other words, it didn't yield. He wanted to do something and it collapsed or there was a piece of dirt inside or was a stone inside. And when I was researching and looking at potters or people that make pottery, they sometimes say this clay is hard. You know, different clay can be hard. He says, I need to work a little bit harder because this clay is hard. I need to work it in. Some of us are stubborn pieces of clay. Come on now. Some of us don't want to just yield. Just let it do it. He's like, I'm just trying to resist. Listen, yield. And as he moves, as he works, just yield to the potter's hands. And in his hand, you'll see you'll be formed into something beautiful. Listen, he says, I can restore. You used to be like this, but I can restore you into something else. He says that he made something else as it seemed good to the potter. So he can bring restoration even if you did become marred or if you did get or you did become cracked he could just put you on that wheel again and form something else if you just yield to him we need to understand like Ephesians 2 says in verse number 10 we are his workmanship and that word there is like we are his work of art we are his trophy we are created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them we have to understand that there is a location. God wants us to go to a location. We need to arise and go to the potter's house. Arise and assemble with the brethren. We need to understand the potter knows what he's doing in his house. He is the owner. He is the CEO. He knows how to run his business. But we need to trust and we need to believe in the work of the potter. As that wheel is spinning and we're going through the journey of life and God is putting pressure in certain points and forming in certain points that we can be transformed and we can be made in the image of God. Can you say amen in this place? There's certain things that you're not going to understand. And there's certain things you're not going to grasp. But that's Okay. Because the potter knows. You know, many people spend their time trying to understand God and comprehend God. Can I tell you? You're wasting your time. Because if you could understand God, he would no longer be God. (laughs) Come on. If you could comprehend God, you could work him out, put him in a box. Well, then he's no longer God. We want God to be like us and think like us. But I, I wake up in the morning thanking God that He is not like me. That we don't think on the same wavelengths. We don't have the same methods because I'm fallible. I can make mistakes. I regularly make mistakes. And I regularly make wrong decisions because I'm just clay. And sometimes we put ourselves on a pedestal. We're special. When we die, what do we say at funerals? Dust to dust. Ashes to ashes. That's what we are, dust. The special thing or the, what makes us special is the potter. That's what makes us special. And apart from the potter, we just become clay. And I find it interesting. We have the potter's house, but also mentioned in the New Testament is the potter's field. Because the potter's field is filled with uh, pieces of clay or broken pottery that didn't yield, uh, didn't do what the potter wanted it to do. And there comes a time where the potter himself will say, okay, you don't want to do that. You don't want to yield. You don't want to go, fine, into the potter's field. I'll work with this clay instead. How sad would it be that you would go into the potter's field useless again, worthless again. You was once in the potter's house But because there was no yielding, there was no surrendering, you've just been tossed into the potter's field. Worthless again. That's a horrible place to be. And we don't want to let that be our testimony. We want to stay in the potter's house and remain in the hands of the potter. And yield to whatever it is he wants us to do. So this church is a sermon on yielding, on submission. Understanding who the potter is and saying, God, I'm here. Do whatever it is that you want to do with my life. And I realize that when you finish, when you've done, I'm going to be better than when you started. I'm going to be further on than when I started. And I'm going to be used for great works because you are the potter and I am the clay. Let's give him praise in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes in this place, uh, the potter's house. Arise, he told Jeremiah, arise and go to the potter's house. And it is there I will cause you to hear my words. It's there. You know, maybe you're here and it's the first time you're here. You're visiting. One of the crucial things I always say is, listen, you need to commit to the potter's house. Now, if you're here and it's not going to be this church, well, fine, God bless you. But you need to commit to a potter's house. You need to go to a church. Find yourself there in a local Bible-believing, gospel-preaching church and commit. Because it's in his house where you'll get the revelation. It's in his house. You'll get direction. There's a phenomenon of people going to, uh, you know, uh, a church over here, a church over there, and church over there. And sometimes we treat churches like a buffet. Listen, I love the singing here, so I'm going to go to the singing here. I like the preaching there, so I'm going to go to the preaching there. And then they have great children's church there. So I'm going to go to all three. I'm going to go sing over there. I'm going to hit the preaching there and take my kids over here. Can you imagine my daughter who lives in my house on Monday dad I'm going to go live in this house on Tuesday I'm going to go live in that house and on Wednesday I'm going to come back to you no you're my daughter you belong in my house if you're here and you know, this, is a, this is the first time you're here listen, you know, God bless you you're welcome but I challenge you Find a place to commit. If it's here, God bless you. If it's not here, also God bless you. But find a place to commit. Find a place to say, I'm going to go to the potter's house repeatedly so that God can cause me to hear his words. I can fellowship and be with the brethren. I can grow spiritually. I can serve. I can help others. All that is in the potter's house. And if you're hearing in the sound of my voice and you don't recognize the potter, you don't recognize God as the potter who should be able to shape your life. You want to shape your own life. You want to walk your own walk, do your own things. I'm here to say, no, you need to yield to the potter. and He loves you wants to make you something brand new. He loves you so much. God loves you so much that he sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, into the world. So all the bad things that you've done, all the bad things that cause you to be marred, the bad things that cause you to be separated from God, the sin in our life, things contrary to the law of God, all those things can be forgiven, washed away, can be paid for by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came into this world not to condemn, but that's so that you can be saved. You can repent, you can change your mind about sin and put your faith in Jesus Christ and, and he can make you brand new. You can be set free, no longer bound. The Bible says he who commits sin is a slave to sin. But who the son sets free is free indeed. So if you're here and you don't recognize the potter. You're here and you've not made Jesus Christ your Lord and personal saviour. You're here and you don't know if heaven will be your home if you're to die today. I want to introduce you to Jesus Christ. While every head is bowed and while every eye is closed, for those of you that want to accept Jesus Christ, you want to say, God, I want to be forgiven. I want to start a brand new chapter. I want you to live in my life. You want to be saved. You want that salvation, eternal life in heaven. And what I want you to do, while your head is bowed and your eyes is closed, is just, Raise your hand to me to say, I want that. I want Jesus in this place. If that's you. You want Jesus Christ to be your Lord and personal saviour. You want to make heaven your home for eternity. You're sick and tired of being sick and tired. Living your own way and getting it wrong. You want the potter to shape you. Put that hand up. Slip that hand up. If you're unsaved in this place, you not giving your life to Jesus Christ before you want him. Maybe you're backslidden. You used to be in the potter's hands, but then you didn't yield and now you live in your own way. You're going back to your own ways, your own mess. Back to the old mud, the old clay. And you want to come back home. You want to come back home to the potter's house. If you ask you, put your hand up unsaved or backslidden. You want that. Slip that hand up. It don't matter who's around you, who's not. It's between you and God. When you die, you die and stand in front of God in your own. If that's you, put that hand up, unsaved or backslidden in this place. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Okay, speaking to Christians in this place. God told Jeremiah, Arise, go down to the potter's house. I'll cause you to hear my words. Remember, location is important, gathering together is important. Remember, the potter, he knows what he's doing. And remember the work he's doing. He's doing a work, and he is going. He is faithful to finish that work. There may be some pressure, maybe some tight squeezing, maybe some pinching, some pulling. But when it's all said and done, he's making you into a wonderful vessel. He's making you into something beautiful. Oh, we need to remember. Listen continue to, to hold uh, high esteem for his house and high esteem for him as the owner and high esteem for the work that he's doing in us and let's continue to put our trust in him and just let's pray let's say God I want to thank you I uh, uh, surrender to you once again I thank you that you can take my life and make it into something beautiful I thank you for the privilege it is to come into your house because it is a privilege to come into the house of the Lord and let's continue to let's pray in thanksgiving and for his house and for his work that he does all of us come on let's your voice let's pray as we sing this song in this place father we thank